Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. just put another TV episode on our main YouTube channel. Yeah, we did. It's called Cheap Sports Cars, but don't be confused because this was an episode from two years ago yep. when we went for a TV episode mm-hmm. that played on the Motor Train Cable channel of yeah. Cheap Sports Cars then. It's about 18 months ago. It was part of season four. It was third episode of season four. It right. came out in February right. of 2019. It was shot very late in 2018 when you and I were starting this discussion about Cheap Sports Cars and we did a $10,000 cap for that episode. Right. That was 10K, but here's what's interesting. That episode played in our heads again when we were selecting cars for this new mm-hmm. cheap car challenge mm-hmm. we were remembering back going oh yeah well yeah. 10 grand was our price cap then we mm-hmm. capped it at 7500 for the two cars that we have now and then we thought all right well yeah corvettes nissans boxsters all that that's where that originated from and we had gone backwards to look at yeah. that episode and then thought well why don't we do it again and do it even less and see what's possible and here we are the slk is shifting Delightfully, it's delicious. <laughs> I still can't believe it. Mercedes manual. We're we're both actually enjoying those cheap sports cars, and they will be driven through many, many other crazy things, especially like blizzards. That's that's the thing we're all looking forward blizzards. to. Is you know, See, blizzards you and seats. convertibles. You're right. The I tops do. are going down. I do. We're but, gonna we're know. gonna do all kinds of fun. So that <laughs> is definitely happening. I, I'm actually glad we, we didn't initially plan this, and then we kind of saw that we could align the planets, if you will. I'm glad that this cheap sports car episode from TV is able to come out on YouTube now. We didn't want it to come out right ahead of the ones we bought. But right. now that we bought our car, for it to come out here yeah. to just to continue this conversation, I, I think based on some of the responses from all of you listening, I think we're going to be like dug in and having fascinating conversations on cheap sports cars for the entire next year. People are really liking this discussion. I point, agree. And I'm excited. Many of you have written to us with these exact cars in mind, yep, yep, and yep. I intentionally avoided the emails, answering the emails, because I knew the cars were coming, uh-huh, and I wanted you uh-huh. to see the videos and what we were experiencing with these cars, because you've said on social media, writing to us in your debates, thank yep. you, by the way, you said, guys, I've got about $7,000, 7500 eight grand to spend. Not more than that. I yeah. want a cheap sports yeah, car. Yeah. And here we are. You know, we're in the wonderment of German maintenance, even though the things are running. We just completed our Colorado road trip, mm-hmm, as you mm-hmm. know, and they just ran. We put over a thousand miles on each car. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. They just ran. Except for the seats hurting us both, which we may end up with. Yeah. We're having that debate right now because we're about to spend yeah. money on winter tires. So we're having that debate. Should we do seats while we're here? Because we're going to have we a lo- fully restored these cars well, but, over the course of a year. But but the truth is, you and I are going to spend enough time and miles in these cars that that's where the real seat discussion comes from. If we if yeah, we were true. doing what I would describe as the typical YouTube thing of we bought them, we probably actually spent maybe a few hundred miles at most in the seat the entire time we had them, and then we jettisoned it out the door. I wouldn't replace the seat, but you and I yeah. have already put yeah. a couple thousand on each of these cars yeah. and there's many thousands more coming and it makes me kind of go, you know, maybe I'd like to be more comfortable for thousands of miles. So we'll keep debating that. Meanwhile, over on the test drive videos channel, we have the Volvo S60 that you and I've talked about a few times. Real yeah. surprise for us. That <laughs> is the yes. loaded yes. Volvo S60. That test drive is over there as is uh, one on the uh, Army Green Toyota 4Runner. <laughs> what color is it? Well, it's army green. It is. That's so what it's, it's it. over there as well. Both of those are, th- are there. We will keep doing uh, at least weekly episodes on the Test Drive Videos channel and at least every other week on the main channel. That is all happening in addition to shooting TV. <laughs> Lots of stuff coming. 
Guys, thank you for joining us. We've got a couple of really interesting debates here, and I love your emails. First of all is a debate from Michael L. in Wisconsin who describes apocalyptic conditions that he must go through <laughs> to arrive at his job as an emergency room physician. Okay. The apocalyptic second, conditions. I'm, a, I'm an apocalyptic ER doc. That's what I like about the whole discussion. It's going to be great, Michael. Indeed. The second debate is from Isaac P. in Rochester, New York, who writes to us with his, describing his Swedish gateway drug, also <laughs> okay. known as Volvos. And I thought okay. it was apropos, right. you know. Yeah, for sure. Given the fact that we dropped this S60, Isaac, the new S60 is really good. But yeah, he doesn't have a budget no. for $64,000. He's got a four to $6,000 budget. Ouch, that makes at. that hard. It's going to be fun, though. Lots of good questions coming on the way as well. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is important. This applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all of the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. I know you've heard us talk about it before and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once so you know you won't miss a deal on that perfect car. Autotempest.com all the cars, one search. Let's jump into Michael's debate from Wisconsin. He's writing, looking for a car or an SUV or a CUV or whatever, he says, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that will primarily be a commuter. He is an emergency physician living in Wisconsin. He works at several different hospitals, okay. a couple of which are 40 or more miles away. Due to the nature of his work, he's got to get there even if conditions are apocalyptic. <laughs> <laughs> not just bad, not just snowy and drifty and, oh, look, it's blowy outside. Apocalyptic out. is the choice. I like People that. People need yes. you. I love that. Some of his driving is on rural winter, winter roads, which are not typically the first priority for the snowplows. Mm, okay. He does kid and dog hauling, though at the present time they have a minivan for all that stuff. Okay. Michael likes to fly fish and does some occasional, occasional hunting, so his hobbies take him down rural roads and gravel roads and the occasional, although rare, forest service road. Okay. All right. You you are the candidate for a safariized sports car. You're yes. the guy. You're right. He is the guy. Safari where it makes sense. I didn't. Oh, I didn't think With about the roof this. Roof rack. But, yeah. And the fly rods on top, bombing down the gravel roads. Hey, if if handbrake turns. If we're gonna go there, Michael, on. I have to say what you do is you spend. I, I hadn't thought of this till right now that Paul's brought it up. You spend an unbelievable fraction of your budget, and you find someone else's safari Miata build. That would be awesome. Which would be maybe ten grand because they're ready to be, they've had their fun. It runs and they're ready to get rid of it. You buy that. Now I've seen the Michael Bay go. commercial where he bursts through the snowbank on his way. People need me. There's sick people at the ER. Inexplicably there's you know cans of gasoline exploding yes. down the side and helping uh, throw the snow around. Yeah, we don't know why, but it's just a Work Michael that Bay fishing commercial. Fishing rod into the you know story it. somehow. Yeah, for we sure. Do this. It's Hollywood. Michael's current car is a two thousand four Lexus GX four seventy. Okay. Yep. He says it's been great, but now it's got 185,000 miles and things are starting to break. Mm, okay. Get this. The drivetrain has been trouble-free, but he says, for example, the air ride suspension broke recently. And even though he had his mechanic swap it out for a standard setup, it was still expensive to fix. Okay. Yeah. But he's really enjoyed this car. He loves Land Cruisers and his... In his mind, he just thinks of it as the Land Cruiser Prado, which is our friends in Australia. That is what they get. That's what's it, what it's called down there. So yeah. it's the Prado. He, that's what he's thinking. He's, he says it's not fast. Big V8, full-time four-wheel drive. Just give it a sense of immediacy when you step on it. But it's comfortable. It's quiet. It's nice on longer commutes. And he likes that V8 burble. His wife has an 09 Honda Odyssey with 180,000 miles. Okay, that's up there too. But they have the thing covered for the sports car disease. They've got a 1997 yeah. BMW Z3 
with the inline six. I like it. Transmission. He says, though, it's always a fun game every spring when they, they try to start the BMW for the first time. <laughs> w- will it start? I do that with the Lotus for what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> How much do I have to spend on it this mm-hmm. year? I'm glad that you have it, though. I, I am. So they've got these cars. He says, we're, uh, we're not sure what should go. Mm-hmm. He tends to favor Japanese cars because he appreciates engineering and reliability. But he says, owning this BMW for the past eight years has made him realize he doesn't want to rely on one as a daily. Interesting. Okay. Okay. He generally doesn't like the design of most American cars. He typically drives SUVs for the four-wheel drive and the ground clearance. And he says it's only happened a couple of times, but he's had some experiences where he comes upon a snowdrift in near whiteout conditions. Mm-hmm. And he just feels good because that extra ground clearance and it blasts through and... He would entertain an all-wheel drive car that he could throw the winter tires on, but he just likes that ride height and the Certainly. that feeling of this is going to get me to work, yeah. and you have to be at work. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, and you don't want to play snowplow with your uh, – like you used to do it with the FRS. It had the perfect snowplow-shaped front grill. Yeah. And, you know, if it was anything more than about uh, five or so inches of snow, I was playing snowplow. You don't want to do that. I get you it. I do. You could have a truck with a blade, Michael, and then you start <laughs> teaching the kids. You give them the job. <laughs> the ER doc rolls in with a blade on the front of his Lexus. <laughs> I, I have like to get that. to work. I like that image a lot, actually. That's very fun. <laughs> People would be like, okay, I, you're our guy. You're, you're always here. That's great. Well, Michael's loved cars since he was a fairly young kid in the mid-'80s, but his enthusiast car history is not great. Here it is, 1990 Nissan 240SX. Okay. Two, count them, two Honda Del Souls. Those were cool in their own way. I like Those that pretty fun. vertical sliding rear window. Yeah, they did some fun stuff there. 94 Honda Accord EX with a manual. Okay. 94 Jeep Cherokee XJ with a manual. And a 1997 Toyota Land Cruiser. So he says, anything that you and I recommend, Todd, is likely to feel pretty new to him. Okay. Fifteen to $20,000 budget. He's got one kid in college and four more that likely will be in college over the next four years. Busy man. Okay, yeah. Wow. So he's got to account for the fact that they might be replacing the Odyssey sooner rather than later. You're going to be buying cars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're going to be buying other cars anyway. Yeah. The dream car, he says, might have to wait which you don't tell us, Mike. You don't. You didn't mention what your dream car is. Because he knows we'd chase that rabbit trail. He's listened at we'd, least once. Yes, yeah. this is true. We'd, we'd figure out how, the, how the dream car, how we're going to sell everything and buy him his dream car. That's true. He can't get to work, but he has that in the garage. And it's the perfect. kids, sorry, bad news, you're not going to college. But have you seen Dad's but car? Have you seen Dad's new yeah. car? I'll take you for a ride. These two idiots convinced me to buy it. It'll Mom's it super better, happy. Yeah, exactly. So he's not come up with much that he's super excited about to this point. He's considered a newer GX, but he says that would go against our everyday driver ethos. He's New thought experience. about an older, yeah, older Lexus GS with all-wheel drive, maybe the Mazda 3 all-wheel drive, but he's pretty open at this point. Okay. All right. I've got some suggestions, but I've got an idea that I think you might not have considered, and I'm okay. excited to spring it on you, Mike. Good, good, good. I like it. I've got a few here. First off, I want to speak to that GX. There there definitely are people, we've got other people listening to the podcast that have written us, that buy that Lexus GX as an alt to the Land Cruiser. This is a known thing, and they are pretty bulletproof. I yes. mean, I was surprised to hear you say that 180,000-mile stuff is breaking because we keep getting yelled at by the Land Cruiser disciples about how those cars are – depending on who, who's, who's writing the angry letter, they're going to run between 25 and 50 years. This is true. This is true. So I, the I'm, GX is not quite the Land Cruiser. It's not. It's not but so it doesn't it's like, really count. But yeah. Land, but anyway. So yeah, yes. I, I could. I'll stop the rant there. But so 
you could absolutely get another GX. I think it would work. There's nothing wrong with that idea. Clearly, the Toyota trucks run a long time. 50 years, according to what I've heard. Uh, they run a I long see time. I them all the time. Yeah. There's 50-year-old Toyotas driving around everywhere here. No, they're not. Uh, anyway, not really. so, yeah. But, ground cl- look, I think ground clearance and winter tires are the key things for you. You're not surprised to hear me say, get a new experience. I don't think there's anything wrong with getting another GX. I think you'd like it. I think you'd do mm-hmm. everything you want to do. But if it's going to be, I have to do this anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's get a new experience out of it. And I am going to ask the question that you probably have already thought of, Paul, but I'm going to bring it up, Mike. <clears throat> have you thought about a Cayenne? <laughs> the Transylvania. Sl- uh, Trans-Siberia thing. Tra- trans- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Trans-Siberia, yeah. they're all the same, right? Yeah, the, the black with the yeah, orange yeah, Trans-Siberia. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. but even, look, I, I know I keep bringing it up, but my wife and my Cayenne has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it has, it is, honestly... There have been times when our driveway is awful, and there's not another descriptor for this than taking the Cayenne swimming down the drive. I have, True, I have yeah. put it into low range and just swum it down the drive. You nail a throttle and you ride the wave. And it's, not, and it's not even like a big high-speed event. You can just watch all four tires churning and you can feel the float, and we get down the driveway without it being plowed. And it's deep. I've done that. Also, the Cayenne was the one that rescued the Phaeton when I was stupid last last uh, winter season, and I just <laughs> paraded my way into uh, the snowbank to I see how far I'd go. You were, you were just you wanted to find out. I did, and you and did. it got it firmly stuck. And the Cayenne came along and tied it to the back of the Phaeton and pulled the Phaeton, Phaeton right out. Been through it. Salt it has been still through drips it. off it. Absolutely. By the way, there the may Maserati, still be snow hidden somewhere. Yeah. Quick update for the audience: the Maserati has gone to Ryan, mm-hmm. and Ryan took delivery of it, and he promptly drove it home, mm-hmm. and he found the problem with the electrics. It was a circuit board that was fried. It was blackened and fried. Fried. Yes. Melted the plastic enclosure that it sat in, and he is <laughs> wondering. What's next? But Ryan, if you figure that out, you've got yourself a Maserati. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's very interesting. So my point here is we've had our Cayenne for about 60,000 miles, 65,000 miles now. It's been the most reliable vehicle we've ever had. And it's gone through serious weather and serious family duty. I'm just wondering about a used Cayenne for you. 15 to 20 grand, you could get the tail end of the first gen, which is what I have. I have a 2010. Mm-hmm. You'd get the early of the second gen, like a 2011 or 2012 for that kind of money. You really can. And if, you, if you're not shopping big boys, you shop the base or the S, you're going to find a good one. It's going to be reliable. Now, where the extra fee comes in is when it does need maintenance, it costs more than your Toyota product. Sure. But... They're pretty robust, certainly been my experience and the experience of others. So at least consider it. So I'm putting that out there. It's not really a wild card. I just think it checks all the boxes. I just imagine because you don't really want anything but a Japanese car, you probably are going, no, Cayenne. But seriously, man, it's been good for us. Yeah, the Cayenne is on my list too, Mike. And that's one of the first cars that, yeah, it's awesome. It really is. It does the things. It's sort of like the Porsche experience of what you already kind of have in a little way. I went in a different direction. I toyed around with the third generation WRX STI, the hatchback, or the prior generation to that, the 05. I toyed around with a really nice Saab 92X. (laughs) I thought about RDXs. I thought about other outliers. But I came back to this idea based on a little tiny sentence that you said in your email early on that you've really enjoyed the Lexus. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think you're done with it yet. Interesting. Okay. All right. I think you should keep it. I'm listening. I think you should turn to an expedition vehicle outfitter that specializes 
in modding these things, I found Mainline Overland with three locations in Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, and North Carolina, and build yourself like an Aussie Outback build. Is it less money to now keep the GX that you still like? Mm, Interesting. Okay. And throw upgrades at it. What if you took it to an off-road shop, a a Mm. vehicle outfitter that specializes in this and do full upgrades? Because my question is, do you like driving it enough to keep it? I'm mm. kind of hearing that, yes, you do. Possibly. I see it. I see it. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about a full overhaul here for fifteen to $20,000. Good grief. You might not even have to spend that much money. Mm-hmm. And I know that dollars are allocated differently because if you're buying a new car, you don't have that fifteen twenty grand up front. Yeah. You're paying it over time. I, yeah, I totally, get that. Yeah. So you might not have this kind of money to plunk in. Maybe it's over time that you start thinking differently about the car that you do have. It's an 04, so it's probably paid off. Yeah, would I'm be sure my it guess. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First of all, your engine inspection. You do everything that this engine Mm, needs, mm. whatever it needs. You fix everything on the car. Upgrade what you can, but then you go with a lifted suspension, better brakes, new wheels. (laughs) New wheels alone, you'll come out to your car and be like, oh, yeah, my car. I really like this. I like it. It's got Mm -hmm. new wheels. Look, It looks great. New wheels alone, but you keep going. You do a front bull bar with new lighting. Okay. Because if you're bombing through these <laughs> snow drifts and it's dark and you've got to get to the hospital, light bars, my friend. He shows up at the hospital blasting. with stuff stuck in the grill, including like Honda Civics. But he's here, man. But he, he's here and ready to everything's work. Everything's lit up. Yeah. You upgrade your seats. You either mm. fix the tears or fix the seats or have them reupholstered or mm. you upgrade them to some awesome, you know, some off-road cool competition seats. New high-intensity lighting all the way around, as I said, and upgrade the nav and electronics. Hmm. I'm wondering if you could get away with ten grand, fifteen thousand dollars somewhere in there. I see it. It depends. I, it. I know you can go nuts with suspension, especially wheels. Are yeah, expensive. big time, big time. Yeah, but you go a little bit knobbier. You put some goodies mm-hmm. on there, and you, you know, you raise suspension and you do stuff to it, and suddenly you've got your own build because you like it, and now mm. you like it even more because you did the build. It's yours, yeah. You've got a vision for it, and you keep mm. it. It's now your Overlander. You're your expedition outfitted vehicle. So funny. And you, you still know the vehicle, you know, all the service Mm -hmm. for this vehicle. You've already put money into it. So it's not a big deal to put more money into it and think I'm going to keep this longer. I might never get rid of this. Interesting. This is the bomb proof vehicle. And we're going to go do that. Mm -hmm. We're going to find an outfitter. If you guys know of a good outfitter that I haven't, I've not had too much time to research this yet, but if you know of a good outfitter for the Lexus GX, bring it, email us. We'll pass it on to Mike and say, look, you build it up. You don't even have to paint the thing. You could just do this new bumper with, you know, the the Prado bumper, the the off-road Aussie bumper thing with lighting and knobbies and seats and CB radio and nav and antennas and lighting. And can you tell that your, your car on the back with a shovel and a jack? (laughs) Oh no. Come on. Your, your car debate has clearly tapped into that 8% of Paul that is all about overlanding and he's just gone nuts. You're in full, like, you know, zombie survival mode at this point. It comes with a whip and a hat. (laughs) Come on. Edition. Yes, exactly right. (laughs) That's terrible. I actually did not go that route for the rest of my choices. That's fantastic. You've got a full overland ER doc. I do love it. I went a little more uh, road friendly, a little less off road friendly, even though they're still capable off road for a couple other choices. You should look at Volvo. If you spend a lot of time in this vehicle, and you do, XC60 or XC90. Delightful. 
really Truly. nice interiors. Truly. You can get good ones for the money that you've got. Those are excellent. Also, I, I do think that the Acura RDX is a real consideration here. Now, you need to go 2019 and up, which is the current one. The problem is the bottom of those used is about 28, which is just above your budget. But super handling all-wheel drive, that is the Macan for half the price. And it's a Honda. So the RDX I'm a big fan of. And I have one wild card. Okay. That I think might be right for you because you talked about maybe a hatch, but you talk about doing off-road stuff. Except the other problem with my wild card is I'm German again. Okay. But the Mercedes GLA AMG 45. That would be good too. That'd be fine in the winter. Now it does 15 to 20. Yes, absolutely. They're, they're completely within the budget. Oh, they're yeah. crazy fun. You, you would, here's the thing. That would do, would do the best job of merging the fact that you're a car guy with what your needs are. Because it is a little gentleman's hatch. I mean, it's supposedly an SUV, but it's a gentleman's hatch. But really good dual clutch, powerful turbo motor. Watch our review of it that we did on TV a while back and is also also on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, GLA AMG 45, I think you'd really, really like, and I think it would bomb through any weather that you had. It is a German car you'd be maintaining. That's why it's in my wild card category. I think if you're going to go German, you might be happier Cayenne, but that's my list. Mike? I want to leave you with this. Uh-oh. Whip and a hat. Come on. And you land in the ER. I'm here. Do we have licensing for that? That's problematic. <laughs> hey, I sang it. Isaac P. writes to us from Rochester, New York, strung out on a Swedish gateway drug known as Volvo. <laughs> you were Dude, talking about Volvo just now. I need another hit of Volvo, man. Seriously. Pass the <laughs> Volvo. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Very confused. You mean physically pass the Volvo or you want me to get it? I, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> he has had his driver's license for over a year now and driving has still not gotten old as his parents threatened it would. Hello, parents. I know you're listening by this point. He needs a car soon and writes to us as a current freshman in college living at home and the mm-hmm. oldest of seven boys. S- seven, seven boys. Now, let me seven stop boys. real quick. I'm sure mom and dad are both listening here. Seven boys is what happens when we've had five and we're hoping for a girl. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and, that is confident and, to call and, that. And, and at seven, it's just like, you know, we've had seven boys. Clearly, clearly we, only make, we only make boys. We're stopping at seven. Wow. The other thing I have to jump to here, sorry, mom and dad. The other thing I have to jump to, jump to is the fact that, did you see what the family vehicle is here with seven boys? Yes, I indeed. have to jump down to the family vehicle, which is a 15-passenger 15 15-passenger 15 transit van. Each boy brings a friend. <laughs> that's insane <laughs> that's not what he drives right now he 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 drives a hand-me-down volvo which is where he's obsessed with volvo but 15 passenger van <laughs> this is great we're going places doing stuff well isaac has his pilot's license interesting that's enough cool. that's great he's working on his instrument rating fantastic mm. with the goal of a career in aviation this is awesome yeah very cool the main mission of the car he's looking for will be getting him to and from work 20 minutes to college 30 to 40 minutes and the airport 20 okay. minutes and various other errands and activities. You're going to be hauling your brothers around too. Of course you will. You know, yes. As the oldest, you're going to be, you know, you've got the car. Well, and, and, and the Volvo he's currently driving is a 2007 Volvo S60 yes, and he loves yes. it. However, it's got to go to the next boy. The next, the next driver has to have, right. the, it's the hand-me-down car. So he has to go get something else so it can be handed down. Right, right. Well, he lives in Rochester, as I said. Snow is definitely a thing. And through the winter months, they generally generally get three to four good snowstorms. And he's got, you know, 12 to 24 inches of snow at a time. 
He does know about winter tires. He is aware. Thank you for listening. Excellent. As far as the budget, he says he's working between four and $6,000, and that is firm. He's looking at me. <laughs> he's saying, I, by the way, Paul, six grand. Okay. Doing, I, but you know as what? as much as possible, stay you out of debt, which is Actually, admirable. Plus, he's getting his instrument rating, which that's is impressive. Cool. And expensive. So, yes. Isaac, I applaud you for trying to manage that money well. I, I will also admit the fact that the perfect car I found for you is $1,000 more than you have. Anyway, let's move Get on. Get your brothers to chip in. It's future gas money, and because you're going to be giving mm-hmm. them rides, and eventually one of them is going to borrow it. Yes, you're right. They have there to pay to play. I like this. This this isn't bad. Pay to play. You split, you split that extra $1,000 by six brothers. Uh-huh. You can get that done pretty quick. You want that ride? There you I'm go. I'm take you there. All right. I like this. Pony it up. Hey, there we, see, we're finding you more money. Look at us. Bring it. Now, yes, this 15-passenger Ford Transit is a boat. <laughs> to say the least. So everything else, he's done some drive homework on his dad's car, 2019 Volvo XC90 T6 Momentum. Okay. There's lots of power from that. You've got to watch our new S60 mm-hmm. hybrid review. It was fantastic. Now, this is his dad's second XC90 after they got in a serious accident on the highway in a 2018 model. No one was hurt, fortunately. But they are into Volvo, which is great. They are awesome. He's also driven a 2018 Kia Sorento, grandma's car. 2015 Ram 1500 Hemi. Grandpa's car. <laughs> I'm just picturing picturing Grandma and Grandpa's garage here because the wild card he's driven is the Can-Am Spider, also Grandpa's. So Grandpa and Grandma have the Kia Sorento, the Ram 1500 Hemi, and the Can-Am Spider. That's like, quite which, a garage Which right one there. would you like to drive, Isaac? Let's go get that done. Uh, that's very funny. He's driven a Malibu. He's driven an Acura TL. So he's he actually had a, a good range yeah, for sure. of driving for experiences, sure, yeah. which it was great. He says he's had a healthy amount of Volvo in his life, but <laughs> he, he needs something else. He's been looking at – he's learned a lot, as a matter of fact. He writes to us with a lot of information about the differences, about the more powerful R version. He says that 2.4-liter T5 engine has thicker walls between the cylinders and therefore not prone to block cracking. Uh-huh. You've read the forums. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's fantastic. This is the thing. You can you can drill down to this kind of minutia on any model that any you like. Car, and Isaac yes. right now really likes Volvos, you can tell. So he has found out all the stuff about this year versus that year. That exists for every car. So bravo. Guess what? He's been looking into Volvo C30s, as okay. a Volvo disciple does. Yes, of course he would. Yes. He's also looking at Jetta GLIs, GTIs, and Mini Cooper S's. Okay. 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 The only potential issues with the above options are very high miles in the GTIs. He doesn't love the toy-like look of the minis, even though they're in his price range. And he says, all right, I'll live with the styling and the performance. But he doesn't want someone else calling his car cute. They might. Well, but but hang on, Isaac. If it was somebody you were interested in... Let and them. they called your car cute. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't you kind of like it? Be like, you're right. You know what? Sure. For the first time ever, my car is cute. We'll go with like that. For, do you want to ride in my cute car? Let's right. get that done. Like to go to dinner. He'd like to have a manual, but it's not a need. He doesn't currently know how to drive a manual. His dad does, and Good. it would keep his mother from being able to drive it. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you are listening, and you're the mom of seven boys, but you're not allowed to drive Isaac's car, apparently. I do. Th- here's the thing. I do think you should learn to drive manual. I, I, I think that would be do. very important absolutely and very do. good. Yeah. He says two-seat coupes are out of the picture. The aforementioned six brothers are going to be clamoring for rides. <laughs> know this. Yeah, there you go. For Gas sure. Gas mileage isn't a huge issue. So where are we at? What are you thinking choices for Isaac? Well, we were, I just had a buddy that visited, and he just got a new pickup. New to him pickup. It's an old used uh, Tundra, but he got a, a used pickup. Yeah. And we're talking about all kinds of various things. And then I notice on his keychain is a Volvo key. Okay. And so I ask him about it. Okay. And come to find out, this is a long-time friend of mine. 
when the Volvo C30 was being sold new, the little Volvo Coupe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was looking for a little hatchback. And I advised him. This is like the dawn of the show era. This is a while back now. This is a while back. I advised him to get the Volvo C30. Yeah, yeah. And he did, and he loved it. And to my astonishment, more than a decade later, he still owns it. I genuinely didn't know he still owned it. I can't believe it. And he still that. loves it. And he likes it for its uniqueness. And it just runs. So Fantastic. Isaac, the fact that you are a Volvo guy, look at the Volvo C30. They I do are agree very unique cars. They are very fun cars. They're not very roomy cars, but they're great. They are no less roomy than the Mini. Also, if you haven't driven a Mini, do yourself a favor and drive a Mini because, okay, it may not be your favorite styling, but they're just, especially the early ones like I had, are genuinely fun, so drive that as well. I have others, but I had to go straight for the C30 because it's a Volvo. I definitely hear that, and no, this friend is not going to be selling you his C30, nope. so you'll have to look for something else, but... I want to point you to one car and one car only that will not break your budget. It is firmly within. You can get them with manual. They are also used as race cars, so nobody's mm. going to be calling your car cute anymore. Okay. It's a Honda Fit. Interesting. Space for all your bros. Yeah, you don't manual. even have to take the, the transit anymore, just the Fit. Good gas mileage. Mm. They're fun. They're interesting. They've got actually a lot of character. They're well yeah. laid out. Get as much Fit as you can afford for that $6,000. Just to fit his budget? Just to fit the budget. I see yeah. what you did there. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go look at Fits. There's many of them in various colors under your budget. Mm. You can go get one. They're cool. And as soon as somebody says, uh what did you get now? What is this thing? Just show them photos of race cars. Teams use these as race cars. Chance has published photos yeah, for sure. when he's been out here at the track of fits on two wheels, mm-hmm. bombing around the track, and mm-hmm. they're actually competitive. So, yeah, they're used as race cars, and you can claim that absolutely. So That's good. I do like the fit for you. I think it's good because of the need, because it's mm-hmm. we can't mm-hmm. look for sports cars. We can't say, you know, go get the Mini Cooper and be fine, and the two-door coupes are fine and they'd be mm-hmm. good but the fit is unique i think you'd really appreciate the balance of interesting fun to drive doesn't have to be a lot of power yeah 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 versus all right i've got some hauling capacity true that that ha- that has a shocking amount of space inside for sure it really does good. i say take a close look at the honda fit that's good i've got a couple others i want to bring up here i have two sedans that you could afford unfortunately they're only automatics but two i want you to consider one is the used mazda 6 okay and right. another one is the used Acura TL from the mid-late 2000s that we really like. Front-wheel drive, but great yeah. classic shape. Those yeah, are sure. out there. And the thing is, both the Mazda 6 and the Acura TL at this price point are going to have a lot of miles, so be concerned about what the actual maintenance was. Okay. But uh, those are both pretty cool. I have two remaining fun enthusiast hatchbacks for you, Isaac, and I think one of them could be your answer. Okay. One of them isn't available at your price, and that is, did you know... Dear friend Paul, dear listeners, Uh-oh. did you know Uh-oh. that legitimately the Fiesta ST is down to seven grand now? They are. Isaac, that's an amazing car. Seven grand for. You, you think, Isaac, you think Volvos are fun? Let me reset your bar for fun. I didn't know they were that low. I found a few. That's Fiesta exciting STs, news. Now, that's above his budget. It is, but so, make your bros pony again, up. Again, make this is where the brothers are contributing yeah. that last thousand dollars. So I've yeah. got a fa- it's now a family project is really what it is. So Fiesta ST, but the one that actually will fit your budget that you can probably find is the Saab 92X. Go get a Saab 92X with a manual transmission. Have a WRX and a Saab suit. Yeah, see that was on my put, list. That's put what I was Subaru thinking. parts in it. I yeah. really think that's a great, great call. 
That's $166 per brother for that extra. <laughs> Look out. We're doing math. $166 is all it will cost them. Pay to play. You'll teach them to drive. You'll teach them to drive manual in it. The parents are extra terrified now. <laughs> Damon Dickon kicks off a lot of really great questions. There's so many good questions today. Yeah, there I was are. searching through all of them. I think I've found some good ones, but there's going to be a lot I leave on the table. Damon starts the questions off of Facebook. He said, we did large sedan challenge, big sedan challenge. We're now doing cheap sports car challenge. Is cheap electrics next? Damon, I'm of two minds about this. What I like about these cheap cheap car challenges that we're doing is you guys really like them, and you're asking all kinds of questions. It's got you thinking because it's got us thinking about craziness. The problem I have with the electrics is I'm intrigued, and we've talked on this podcast a lot about how fast they drop, and I'm intrigued by – like the BMW i3 intrigues me because they were really expensive, and now you can get them cheap. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. rear-wheel drive electric car, a little crazy little bulb thing. Okay. The concern that I have is um, these cheap car challenges are designed for YouTube, and I just don't think that YouTube at large is going to care much about a cheap electric car challenge. I think that might be at most a video, like one video. But I hate to say it this way. We have to be concerned about what's the stuff that's going to keep people coming back, and I don't think that cheap electric cars have that much interest for, I'm not saying the audience at large, for the YouTube audience. So that makes me kind of go, I'm interested, but I don't know. Sure, fair enough. I've got a question here on Facebook from Troy Irvin asking, maybe it's a topic Tuesday, but I, w- I want to try to address it briefly here. He says, how much does the cost of living, especially real estate, affect our car buying decisions? According to Business Insider, West Virginia remains the cheapest with a median home value of $108,000. Hawaii holds the position as the most expensive, a higher home value of over $600,000. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Car expenses do take up a much larger piece of the pie in the more affordable states, which makes them feel relatively more expensive. So it is, is it easier for me to convince someone near Seattle or L.A. to blow their budget while someone in Tennessee might, <laughs> might follow Todd's? That is complex. <laughs> it, that, it is. That is com- ha, have you thought about this this far, Paul? Have you calculated zip code into I, how much you can blow somebody's I budget? Not, I, I don't use Zillow when I'm shopping for all you guys. <laughs> we but do use the is, internet, but we don't go that far. Exactly. It is my expectation that you you have a good sense. And one of my thoughts here is to actually do a topic Tuesday on how to budget for a car and things to follow and things to look for. Hopefully that's helpful. Wow, financial advice coming I, I'm, from us. It, I'm it's, terrified. It's budget, how to budget for and, okay. and what that means when I say, you know, I'm going to blow up your budget. <laughs> how to blow your budget I'm working on towards cars. that as a topic Tuesday. <laughs> but it is my expectation that everybody knows what their tax title and license will cost them on whatever car and, and to budget according for that. Mm-hmm. Because when we're talking car prices and we're shopping, it obviously does not include that. True, true, true. Yeah. So it's up to you guys to know, all right, I've got to factor that in. And many mm-hmm. times most people mm-hmm. don't. You're buying a $60,000 car. Suddenly you're faced with a four or $5,000 tax bill mm-hmm, just to mm-hmm. get that thing registered. Mm-hmm. Depends on your state, of course. Depends on your state. And also depends, let's be honest, that's going to, to happen no matter what you buy. And so that's why I don't mention a, yeah, that. Totally I, I never yeah. talk about that because it's up to all of us as buyers. When we're buying, mm-hmm. you see a, a thing on sale at the store, you don't think, ooh, that new stereo is going to be like $123 in tax. Yeah, I still want it. I'll just put that extra 123. That's what I mean when mm. I'm blowing up the budget because that tax is sort of like, yeah, I want it anyway. It seems like a good price because I don't factor tax into the final price. I'll pay I, that after the fact. I paid $12,000 for that car. Yeah. 
oh yeah, I still got to pay like twenty three hundred dollars of tax. <laughs> but okay, I'll find it somewhere. I'll just deal with it. I'll yeah. put it on a credit card and just whatever. Because we want the car. We feel like we've gotten a deal on the car. <laughs> this show is not hosted by financial advisors. Caveat, 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 disclaimer, asterisk, disclaimer, asterisk. disclaimer. <laughs> Look at the bottom where there's four asterisks. So no, I don't take that into consideration because everybody's situation is so different mm-hmm. and everybody's living situation is so different that you come to us with a general sense of how much you earn and what you think you can afford on a monthly basis or cash. And that's really where we're shopping for. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes I do it in jest. I, I blow it up, but otherwise I do it to get you thinking differently to, to just as Todd blew my mind with $7,000 Fiesta STs. Yeah, finally, seriously yeah. here <laughs> took a while, but finally, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, how can we get you thinking differently? And you thought, well, I guess I could afford $25 more per month to get into that thing that I really want. And that's mm-hmm. our goal is to really get you into the car. Not, not halfway. I yeah. know you can't always do that. Totally. I've never been always able to do that. Yeah. yeah but yeah. what we've also found is with our cheap sports car challenges, delightful, interesting things at a low price point. Totally. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're obviously you're rolling the dice on the maintenance, but at the same time, it can be worth the trade off for sure. Yeah. So you've got to factor in insurance where you live that, that changes by zip code. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely. So you, completely, you've yeah. got to know all those things and have that kind of rattling around in your head a little bit. You, you don't know the exact, you know, purchase price that you'll land on, but hopefully that's something you consider when you're putting together mm-hmm. your own budget. But that, that's my general expectations, Troy. And it's, it's tough to be like, okay, now <laughs> Send me your address. I'm going to look yeah. you up on Zillow. <laughs> and people's tolerance. Your, t- your county tax information, what the county thinks your house <laughs> so is worth versus what, what the market thinks your house what is worth. What is your electric bill every month? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> no. Not going to do that. Jared Rose One wrote in on Instagram and asked another question on our cheap car challenges, but he said, would we ever consider doing a cheap car challenge where we don't get two cars? Mm. We combine the budget of those two cars to get something higher end. And he's thinking up things like a cheap Hellcat or a cheap Ferrari Mondial. Cheap Hellcats. Terrified. Be, be afraid. I love the Mondial idea. Be very afraid. I love it. Uh, Jared, here's the question. It would just come down to can we, with a single car choice, hit enough interest? And can we, with a single car choice, think about enough things to do with that single car? Or to put it another way, enough things to put it with to have referential discussions. We have actually toyed with the idea a little bit, but it would just be about trying to line up ahead of time. We already had this good cheap sports car idea to get two again. There may be down the line we get a single, and we because we can think of a litany of things to do with the single car and a bunch of things to put it with. That mm-hmm. would be what why we would do it. Yeah, indeed. Kirk Meyer asks if we've driven Jaguar XF V8s. Apparently, they're selling between ten and twenty thousand dollars with fifty to hundred thousand miles. Are they a great alternative to BMW, Mercedes, and Audi for a mid to large saloon, or is the cost of maintenance and possible breaky things like that rising shifter that possible breaky things is this even too much at the low purchase price? Of course, he's asking for a friend. It really depends on the car and the maintenance and, and your feeling of who's selling it. Because if it's the janky corner dealership that's just trying to make a fast buck, of course they haven't maintained the car and done nothing to it. Mm-hmm. And they threw the service records in the trash before they sold it to you. <laughs> they got lost three auctions yeah, ago. Yeah, who cares? I'm, yeah. Nobody needs this. Versus the private owner who's looking to get the new Jaguar XF. And this is my old car. And this was my baby and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I feel generally like that's a good way to shop. I, that's what I'm always looking for. The cars that we've got for the cheap sports car challenge were both privately owned. Yep. Yep. They've got high miles. They're old. 
but they're both privately owned. And I did like that part. Mm -hmm. I was looking at an SLK from another dealer. They didn't want to come down off their price. I thought they were asking too much. Mm -hmm. Didn't get a good feeling about the car. Yeah. 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 I remember. And it had a branded title. I just didn't like that. Mm -hmm. So I found this other one in Florida. The guy just said it ran. I've just changed the oil and drive it and it runs. I thought that's my car. How many days past services it do? It says it when you turn it on. It's like 452 days past whatever. So just, a year, year and a half past. Service. It's going to be fine. Really? What, what could possibly go wrong? The sump is dry. We, and we only, we only need it for a year. It's going to exactly. be, it's going to be great. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. So no, to answer your question, we have not driven the XFV8. I believe we drove it with a six at one point. It was just a brief test drive. Mm-hmm. Haven't driven that V8, but do dig into the forums to find out what is the potential catastrophic thing? That what are the known issues? With. Yeah. That's usually the sticky threads at the top of the forums. <laughs> that is common, common practice. The moderators yes. know that's what you want to look for. So yeah. go look at that. And if it's something, okay, this year is the one to avoid that year. Okay. And some people yeah. have high miles on them. Go shopping because if you like them, they are cool. They were pretty interesting. And I don't think it's any scarier than an old used German car. I really I don't. don't. I don't think it's yeah. any scarier at all. Agreed. Agreed. Geese1RBM says he's read a number of times, and I have too, that we're living in a golden age for driving enthusiasts and driving enthusiast cars. And he's not sure if he agrees, but he's curious if we agree and also if we can think of a, a different time that was a, was a golden age. I think the 60s were a golden age because it was a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. of engine power and there was no emissions to worry about yet and people were doing crazy designs because you know crash testing be damned mm-hmm. the 60s was a total golden age in that regard the 90s was another one okay i'm realizing i'm jumping in 30 year chunks wow here. okay because the 90s was another one think about all the great cars that all the japanese sports cars but you know what the the corvette of the 90s was good and the the 911 of the 90s was good i mean the 90s was great and here we are 2020 about 30 years later, and I do think we're in a renaissance. Think about the fact, we talked about this before, think about the fact that Toyota a decade ago wasn't even making sports cars, and now they make two. Yeah. Granted, two, two that ones. they don't necessarily make by themselves. I get that, but still, we've got a lot of really interesting good sports cars available. The, the Miata's in its fourth generation and is pretty much the best ever, okay? We, we've got a lot of really good cars that are available, and... Right now, we've got a lot of stuff that was made 10 years ago that is now cheap because of depreciation. Crash testing is better than ever. Tech is better than ever. And yet there are still amazing sports cars out there. I do think this is a real pinnacle. And I also think it's that uh, last breath kind of stuff because everybody's starting to shift their discussion of electric's going to save us. But then I think you have people really refining what's possible with current cars and it's making Current sports cars, great. The choice is staggering right now, the, the amount of good stuff. Yeah, it really is. It really is. RM Brandt 11 asks me how I clean the salt and other winter buildup off the underside of my car without using the automatic car wash or freezing in my driveway. I'm that guy. I freeze in my driveway. Yes, you do. But the cool thing is you use warm water. That's the secret. You have your hose hooked up to the warm water out to the driveway see, and it's creating a lot of steam <laughs> the big problem is that once it's all sprayed off it freezes instantly and yes. I, I usually hit the ground so that's the awesome part no i have been known to go through the the automatic drive sh- drive through the tunnel mm-hmm. but it's the spray only and spray they've got tunnel, that yeah. nice threshold sprayer that mm-hmm. sprays mm-hmm. up from the bottom as you cross the line you break mm-hmm. the beam and yeah, drive yeah. over the thing and, and you can spend time i like to go back and forth just sort of get money's worth <laughs> paul's the guy you know what i mean takes 10 minutes to get into the spray wash because people behind me are like just what Dri- drive please in. Just, what please you? go i wish there were one that 
ran with the entire cycle. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because then I'd feel like I'm getting a good soak down there. It'd be the salt flats setting. <laughs> Do you want the, the extra, the super, the premium, or the salt flats wash? Because the salt flats wash is a totally different category. Click the dial. You can do it yourself. You can use, If you don't have a power washer, you can do it yourself. A lot of those do-it-yourself places with the, with the sprayer mm-hmm. actually use hot water. So that is a good yeah, thing. I guess some of them do. You just That's have just to point. get yeah. out there and do it and make sure you do it regularly. Forrest Jenkins has yet another question on our cheap sports cars, and I'm not going to ruin it, but I am going to give you the, the tee up here. He's asking, what on our cheap sports cars are we replacing or fixing? That is the next video coming in a couple of weeks. We have a video coming that is just, here's what's broken. Here's what I'm going to tolerate. Here's what we're going to fix. Here's what we might fix later. There's quite a few things. We, we had the crazy experience of actually putting these cars up on a lift ourselves and running around underneath them and going, oh, well, that's not right. So we have that piece coming, and I'm excited to share it. All right. Let's see. Peter and Slow is asking, what is our number one strength as a car viewer? What car trait do you feel the most I think he means car confident? reviewer. Yeah, keep going. Car reviewer. What trait do we feel the most confident we can evaluate and assess accurately? And that's just come over the years by driving a lot of different cars in a lot of different situations. And it really is the weight shift in balance as compared to the inputs, your handling, your, mm-hmm. your steering wheel input, and understanding immediately what are the dynamics of this car what does this car like to do and what does it not like to do now you know it's not immediately apparent when you take it out of the driveway and go drive it down to a freeway and Mm. you know you start out but on some of our favorite roads and you on those consistent roads that we've driven many times cars behave differently and you play with the setting suspension if it's got it and then you can feel oh this car hides its weight Mm -hmm. oh this car feels heavier and worse through the corner, the same corner. So that consistent thing. And again, this is why reviewers go through the same test track. It just can be boring reviews it can create yeah. boredom because of the same yeah. thing over and over. But that's where the test data, the numbers don't help you. Mm-hmm. It, it's all about where the weight is in the car and how it holds its weight and how it, that really is what it comes down to as a driver's car or non-enthusiast car. The flat tire YT asks, uh, and by the way, I'm going to stop here real quick. Anytime we get close to the mention of the word Fiero, <laughs> we get emails from those of you, I'm looking at you, North Texas, that are in Fiero clubs, <laughs> so excited that somebody bear, dared to breathe the word Fiero. So now I've done it twice. I'm about to do it a third time. The question is, would we ever consider doing a Fiero versus MR2 for a cheap car challenge? I, what, again... There's so many great questions because this has so resonated with all of you. Thank you. The real discussion Paul and I are having now is everything we want to do with these cheap sports cars and how we can rope other ones into the discussion because I'm realizing it's it's a bit of a Pandora's box in a great way because there are so many. And so people keep coming up like, like you're asking here and just going, what about this one? I will go ahead and admit right now we're not going to be able to cover them all. Which mm-hmm. not, but we are mm-hmm. hoping to bring some others to the party and have some comparative discussions in the spring. There's a lot more stuff to do with these current ones before we get there, but I would love to bring others into the discussion because that would be very fun. Evan Schaefer on Instagram is asking if, is it likely we could see some, a Jeep come out with a big reveal in the next year or two in response to the new Bronco? I think anything's possible because Jeep is not going to go quietly. On the other hand, they don't need to go quietly because yeah. if you're going to buy a Jeep, you're going to buy a you're Jeep. You're going to buy a Jeep, yeah. I mean, they could do nothing, and this is people the f- will still buy them. It's the first time they've had any real competition, and we have heard actually that the Bronco is interesting in comparison to the Jeep. And we're 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 
trying very hard to get both of them together. That's something that's on our list of things to do. Absolutely. Uh, but probably a season nine thing, but we're working on it. But the thing about it that's interesting is the initial thing we're all thinking is, well, Broncos made to go against the Wrangler. Kind of. Is the Never answer. was from the inception. It wasn't originally. The, the Wrangler's strength has always been the Moab stuff, the extreme articulation stuff. Right. And the Bronco is built back, built on the back of Ford's experience with the Raptor. Mm-hmm. The Raptor is not a rock crawler either. The Raptor is a high speed desert, you know, washboard roads, right. get off road and let the suspension bounce. It's a desert thing. runner. Yeah. Exactly. So they're kind of, they're both off roading, obviously, but they're kind of different approaches to off roading. So the fact that we all, and I'm including Paul and I, instantly think Bronco versus Wrangler is interesting. At the same time, it's not the target that Bronco is looking at. So I'm very curious to see what Dodge all right. offers with the Wrangler. Mm-hmm. You know what is FCA going to do with the Wrangler? Because it, every, all of us are going to put them together, and yet they're not exactly designed to have their best features doing the same things. Right, right. Well, we've got to cut it short just a little bit early, but I'll pitch the last question here to Todd from Gary the Cycling Nerd. It's a TV question. Why are British action scenes so bad? <laughs> okay, fighting scenes in Peaky Blinders and Sherlock are just slow motion nonsense that the audience can't follow. I, I haven't seen enough of those shows to be able to speak to it. But one of the, the, the problems that I have with action scenes in general is if you don't show what's going on and you're saying you can't follow what's going on, that's a death blow. Pardon the pun. But if you can't follow what's going on, it's not shot and edited well enough. But what's happened to action scenes in general, look at, I'll give you a comparison. Look at uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, <laughs> a little ways back. Yeah. Go back yeah. there because they actually dared shoot things in wide shots. <laughs> Nobody shoots action scenes in wide shots. Matrix did <laughs> right. it too. Yeah, that's true. That's a good you point. You would have two or three cuts that would happen really, really close for a couple of body hits, and then you'd go wide, and you'd do crazy fly-around things. Now, interestingly enough, there's similar wire work going on in both those films. But the crutch, if you will, of a lot of action scenes right now, not just British, just in general, is the fact that we're just going to get really close. So it's just a blur of movement, and we're going to cut a lot of shots together. And I have no idea what's going on. Right, but it right. covers bad fight choreography. And it covers, we don't have the time to actually make all these pieces work. When somebody dares go wide with an action scene, I just kind of sit there silently and kind of go, let's do this. (laughs) Because that took work. Nice. Guys, thank you so much for your debates. Write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website when you're wondering how to get to the second YouTube channel. It's the second tab over that says YouTube, and then it'll present you with an offering. You can choose mm-hmm. which two are Cheap Sports Car Challenge, not the TV piece, but the Cheap Sports Car Challenge is the on series, the main yeah. one. TV pieces too, but they're they're a little bit different. And then all of our drive homework, our test drives are on the test drive channel. And then up in the top right corner under the about tab is the contact button that syndicates to the same place as the email. So write to us there, your car conclusions, your car debates, the topic Tuesdays, bring it. Thank you guys for writing and we're definitely looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>